The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I want to read you something now that has uh, struck a number of people when it was posted. And I'll just give you an excerpt from the totality of the post. It reads, There is thanks to be given and hopefully something to be taken. Around a week ago, I couldn't get out of bed. Depression had washed over my brain with a familiar leadenness, totally zapping any energy, not able to sleep and then sleeping way too long but to no effect. It also leads to a feeling that I can't even make eye contact with people. In the words of Larry David, it's pretty, pretty good. Those words were written by my next guest colleague, uh, Kieran Bradley, digital editor of News Talk. Morning, Kieran. Morning. A dramatic reading, Anton. Well, I wanted to do Larry David <laughs> justice when I got to the quote. What, first of all, what caused you to decide to write that? Well, as we all know, LinkedIn's one of the worst places on the internet. Uh, and no, uh, it, I am denied about it, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, there is a sense that it's a little self-regarding in one sense. I've no problem talking about my experience with depression and, and mental health. I've thankfully worked in places where it's been greeted and I've been greeted again by um, empathetic colleagues and it's been, you know, very well welcomed, which is great. I think in this instance, I um, I wanted to explain to colleagues uh, who might have noticed that I was absent for a few days uh, and also to a sort of slightly wider network of people, you know, my experience of it and why, uh, why it caused me to start to make bad professional mistakes. Not necessarily enormous ones, but just the feeling of being off. And um, you, you know yourself, Anton, this is a great building and with great people, but it might feel a bit odd and invasive if I kind of sent around an all-hands email or something to be like, hey, I've been off and this is the reason. So uh, it felt like the platform to do it, and it feels a bit odd sitting here now as a result of it, but I'm very happy to do so. Tell us about your, I think that the, the uh, term is bout. Tell us about your most recent bout, and then you can tell us about when you, you first experienced depression. Sure, yeah. So, slight bit of background here. I actually stopped drinking about four or five months ago. So, I've kind of had a clearer view, I suppose, of the, the build up of this one. Now, I should say, like, I'm, I'm very lucky, you know, probably only affects me maybe once, twice a year, maybe for a week or so. Um, and this time, you know, the way I visualized it actually was, was quite like almost a pardon the metaphor, but uh, a, a tsunami wave. Like, it was, it was quite a slow build to begin with, then more powerful. And then as you are in the middle of it, it kind of, you know, it really, it really takes over and then sort of... And what do you feel during that process? Well, for me, like, it, it's, it's difficult to explain. I suppose it's different for everyone. But for me, it's just a gradual feeling that you're just a bit off. Like, it feels, particularly when you get to the height of it, actually feels like my brain is starting to shut down a little bit. Um, you know, you just feel uh, very, as I say, wipes of energy. Like, my sleep particularly is an absolute nightmare. Like, you can't get to sleep. Uh, of an evening and then wait like you're just dead to the world in the morning as well so you know it, I, i'm keen to say as well this is just my experience too um but it it also like in a professional sense just was causing odd interactions or you know just slower reaction times and so on and for me it's like the feeling of your brain being encased in something bubbly like a lemonade or something it's really odd it's i know it's an odd kind of thing to Describe, As in but, almost like a physical feeling? Yeah, yeah. It feels like the, you, almost like the the um, the film, I suppose, around your brain is a little bit thicker and, and things just kind of take a little bit, you know, it takes longer to react to conversations or to decisions or, you know, that that's just my experience of it anyway. 
What, if anything, can you do to control that progression? I remember I spoke uh, years ago to Alistair Campbell about his his own um, challenges with depression and he said that every morning he wakes up and he gives himself a number, how he feels. And if the number starts to get high, he has a series of steps that he can do as interventions to gain control over what he sees as a sort of a procession. Do you have the same kind of thing? Well, I I should say um, Alistair Campbell is a real... uh, icon, I suppose, of, of mine. And I think his experience, I believe he deals with bipolar, is very different. I have family members who have dealt with bipolar and their experience is a very day-to-day thing, whereas mine is once or twice a year. But in that instance, um, when it starts to wash over, I think I've got better over the years as to identifying exactly what it is, really, and just being like, okay, just being mindful, saying to yourself, actually, yeah, there's something a little bit off here and I've got better, as I say, to to speak to people about that but what i would say is that um my experience now of depression is very different to how it was when i was 20 like the you know the the energy and the sleep and so on is is one thing but when i was 20 i mean i had the sort of traditional you know in the ether experience of depression of dark thoughts and very low mood and very emotional and so on and it was only I feel quite lucky in a way to have had that because that gave me the reference point of what it was for me at 20. But what it is for me now at 37 is very, very different. And that's really one thing that I want to get across is that it's very different at different times for different people. Was 20 the first time you experienced your depression? Yes. Yeah. So like, I, as I say, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in our family, like we have a lot of experience with it in one guise or another. Um, but for me, that was the first time. And it was, as I say, sort of by the numbers, if you like, generally speaking. Um, but that must be very disturbing and frightening. I mean, if you're, as you say, if you're now 37 and you know, OK, I know what this is and I know how it tends to go. The first time it happens, it must be deeply unsettling. It was really, really scary because, and this is what I would say to people now, is that, you know, it felt like I was undergoing a personality transplant. Like, you know, it feels like you're 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 losing a sense of yourself. You're losing who you think you are, which is a really profound thing to go through. And I was lucky in the sense that I had a support network, both medical and familial, around me to be able to say, okay, something's really not right here and able to kind of help me. Because the problem is that, like, men are always told to talk, but, like, at the time when you need to talk the most is when you're least capable of doing so. So you need that support network around you. And I kind of want to move on the discussion, particularly around men's mental health, to when people are telling people to talk, it's one thing. But if you don't know what to say, if you don't have the language for it, if you don't know what you're experiencing, it's very, very difficult to do so. I assume it is also challenging to find the right person and the right setting in which you can talk. Because if you don't have somebody who is a close, intimate relationship where you regularly discuss things generally, well, where do you go when you want to talk? Well, it's true. And, and what I would say is that, you know, I'm no expert. I, I What I would uh, say is that obviously there are local services to you. So, you know, psychotherapists, doctors, GPs and so on. It is difficult, though. But I'm very lucky because anecdotally, at least, like friends of mine uh, are good at talking about their feelings and emotions. And so I feel happy to do so with them and so on. But I appreciate that people might not necessarily feel that's immediately available to them. But I would say that my experience 100% of the time is that you will be positively surprised by the people who receive that, you know, what you say to them. So talk to people. I know, I, you know, I'm kind of, um, uh, you know, contradicting myself a bit, but you have to talk as in like it's really important to do so as well. It's just at times, you know, 
if you don't go through the sort of by the numbers experience of depression of low thoughts and so on, you might not know what it is. So just be mindful of your own feelings and emotions and say when you're seeing changes to your friends because they might be able to help you. I've been very, very uh, heartened by the fact that many people in this building and beyond have spoken to me about it since then. And yeah, it's fantastic. Spoken about their own experience? Yeah, in various guises. And it's, uh, it, you know, you feel it's very powerful because these are, you know, we're all fighting our own, we're all running our own race, I suppose. And um, for someone to tell you their, you know, deepest thoughts, is it's a very powerful thing. And as I say, it's helpful in that instance to be able to have someone to who can help orient you to somewhere that may be able to help you more professionally, like a doctor and so on. You described the the onset of of a, an episode. What's the what's the conclusion of it? What's it like when it is at its peak? In my experience, it's just uh, it's very difficult to function as you would normally. Like you know, I I kind of want to cosset myself away a little bit. And it's not really, it's a lack of eye contact and things like that. I don't feel particularly self-confident in social situations, whereas normally I would do. Um, and that just makes you want to kind of, you know, push yourself away into a little dark room, I suppose. But it's different for everyone. And as I say, since I stopped drinking, for example, it, it's given me a clear view that I was probably self-medicating at different times, you know, alcohol levels going up and so on. And, and you're able to now look a little, sorry, I'm able to now look back and think maybe my diet's a little bit off here. Maybe my exercise can be a little bit better and so on. So I've got a slightly clearer view, but at its worst, I mean, it, it can be really, really awful. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite lucky in the sense that mine's sort of on the less severe end of things. But I mean, if you think where it can go, it's, it's, it's quite scary. When you're in that kind of setting, I assume it is very difficult to dig your way back out of it because if you're if you feel I don't want to talk to anybody I don't want to have any contact I want to just um, shut myself away how do you break out of that cycle? Yeah as I say to sort of go back to the the, the image from before of the, the, the kind of wave coming through it, you just kind of for me at least I have to kind of wait it out a little bit you know there are things that I do to help myself which is go out for a walk like get out exercise and get the body moving try and keep an eye on the, uh, you know, drinking and, and food as well. Uh, it's important. But for me, like, I think I've probably become more familiar, as you said earlier, with the physical feeling of it, almost the physical feeling in the brain. And so I can kind of, within that, tell myself, oh, you're sort of in the in the worst of it now, but it'll start to break. It's like a fever almost that kind of breaks eventually. Um, but, you know, everyone's different. And I've seen, as I say, members of my family go through really, you know, just totally washed out, sleeping for almost days on end. And it's, it's you know, it's difficult to watch. And I feel, as, as, as I should say, for people who are around me in that position, because, you know, friends, family, whoever it is, you, you, you know, you want to help, but there's only so much you can do. As you sit here today, how do you feel? Fine. Great. Well, I'm looking at you, Anton. What can, what can be better? <laughs> no, no, but no, I know. I, like, I, I probably this time went through one that was about two weeks and up until about Monday of last week, I was not great and I could still have that physical feeling in the, in the brain, but now I'm back to normal. As I say, I know what it, I know the run of it for me, so I'm very lucky. What, if any, trepidation did you have about talking about it publicly? I, I think for me, it was, it's not to do with talking about my own vulnerability, if you like. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful to come from a family and friendship group where I feel very supported in that way. I think it's the feeling that somehow you're trying to make it 
uh, your own thing, almost like a personality trait, if that makes sense, or trying to get credit for it. And um, I still feel a little bit odd about that sitting here now, to be honest, but um, I'm very happy to have spoken about it because, as I've, as I've said, like people have confided in you and, and it's, it's, it's a really powerful thing. Um, but yeah, the trepidation, I think each time you talk about it, it becomes less worrying. Um, and I've been very lucky with the support I have in here with Patricia and, uh, and so on with our, um, our our team to just feel supported. So it's it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're speaking with Kieran Bradley, digital editor of News Talk, about his experience with depression. Text to say, hi there, I'm currently listening to Kieran and his, his experiences and I couldn't resonate more, particularly the sleep aspect, which affects me. It can be a terrifying space to be in, especially when you're doing everything to get back to your, quotes, proper self and living on your own. I found keeping a journal and documenting what works and what doesn't really helped. I'll use it to get me uh, help me get back out of it quicker the next time it hits. And I always have it in the back of my mind that this shall pass. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fantastic to hear. Um, I just think, you know, I think putting, placing um, kind of things that you should be doing for yourself in that uh, in, in that period is, is quite difficult. You don't want to hold yourself to anything. You know what I mean? That's why I kind of needed to take a step back from work because it was like, I just need, to do this my way and whatever that way is for that individual is 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 great. What do you hope or what do you expect for, for uh, of the people around you? Because obviously there will be a, a close cohort where you would hope that you can talk to them, that they can be supportive when there is the issue. But you'll now walk out of this studio and obviously everybody outside is listening to your description of it. And undoubtedly there'll be people thinking, do I say it? Do I not say it? If I do say it, what do I say? So for those people who are in the sort of the outer social circles, what should they do? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know, to be honest. Like, you know, it, the way I experience it or the way I feel about it will be different to, to you or anyone else. But for me, like, I'm delighted if someone feels that they can talk to me about it. I, like, I, I'm, I've got quite a, a high embarrassment threshold. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for people to, to deal with it in whichever way they like, really. It's interesting, the curiosity that's coming in by text. Are there many states of depression? Mildly, depression, mildly depressed, having a bad day, clinical. Men are notoriously bad at talking about this. Well, the way that you describe it, it is significantly different to experience than a bad day. Yeah, well, I'm a Manchester United fan, so there's a, there's a serious uh, mild depression at the moment. But no, but genuinely, though, uh, it, it's different for everyone. And actually, I think this this the men thing is quite a bit of a bugbear for me because I think men are actually a lot more emotionally intelligent than maybe the generation or two before, or at least emotionally open. But it's like emotional articulation, which is a different different thing. And, you know people need to feel comfortable doing it. And I think actually that a lot of that is almost a full court press from friends and family around you, recognising little changes and kind of, depending on the person, talking uh, to them about that in whatever capacity they can so that they feel they can open up. Do you see an improvement in that? Presumably it is, it is, it may not, the problem may not be solved in terms of stigma, but is there less of a stigma than there once was? I absolutely believe that, yeah. And I think, you know, without getting too trite about it, I think it, it, it does change with each person talking about their experiences. Like, I think, as you mentioned, Alistair Campbell before, I think he was an enormous trailblazer there, particularly for bipolar, because family members who deal with that and the experience they would have had back in the day of talking about it would be wildly different to what it is now. 
Well, I am delighted that you are in good form and good health as we stand now. That is Kieran Bradley, who is digital editor of News Talk. And if there is anything that Kieran has been describing that impacts on you, uh, the Smartens course available one one six one two three. That's one one six one two three. And a lot of texts in support. Also, a lot of texts agreeing with much of what Kieran said. Anton, cutting alcohol out of your life is the most beneficial thing you can do for your mental health. No matter what people think, not being hungover is better than a night out. Another, I describe depression as being like wading through treacle. If you want to get in touch, 53106 at a cost of 30 cent, or you can get us on WhatsApp, 087 1400 The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.